everybody, this is Walt. This is Max. And you are listening to our podcast, The ABCs of Rock and Metal. We call it Anti-Seminal, and we're as always Useless Info, Inc. And today we're doing one of the big ones, Walt. We're doing Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Yes, that's right. This is Power Slave, 1984, their fifth album. Gusto, Power Slave. Yes, so Walt, give us a little bit of context on this album. Where, where, where was the band when they did this album? This is their fifth studio album, released in 1984 on EMI in the UK, in Europe, and uh, also on Capitol Records here in the States. Uh, it was re-released in 2002, which I would love to get my hands on a copy of, Yeah, because I think it has extra tracks, hmm. which I haven't heard. Produced, engineered, and mixed by Martin Birch, who worked with the band from... Uh, 1980 something from Killer's record all the way up until Fear of the Dark hmm. until he retired okay. and I believe Fear of the Dark was 92 maybe 93 Yeah. so he worked with them for a long time and is also responsible for their sound a lot of it yeah okay he was almost like another member of the band closely associated with Iron Maiden this album was actually recorded in New Jersey Oh, Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> At Compass Studios huh. in Nassau. And so was the previous record, which is probably my all-time favorite. One of my all-time favorites, I should say, because I love all their work. Yeah. Uh, Peace of Mind yeah, was yeah. the previous album. Mm-hmm. I mean, Peace of Mind plays like a greatest hits, yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single song. I yep. mean, if we did that, I couldn't do Gun to the Head. I'm yeah. serious. I couldn't. Well, yeah. I couldn't. That's a seminal album. Very yeah, seminal, yeah. Exactly. Uh, a lot of people say Power Slave is too. I just mm-hmm. feel like it didn't get as much love as Number of the Beast and Peace of Mind. Sure. Number of the Beast really made them an arena act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so with Peace of Mind. And that was the first one Dickinson was on, right? Yep. As vocalist. Number of the Beast, yeah. yeah. Before that was Paul Diano, who I think was fired because of substance abuse. Okay. Now, once again, uh, in a rock band, everybody's getting high, like I've said before. Yeah. You fire the guy that gets the most high. Yeah. Uh, you know, he must have been really fucking high. So. It's a question of can you get high and still play? Right, and perform. that's true too. Maybe yeah. you couldn't. You I know? also kind of felt like metal was changing. Yeah. And we don't like using the genre, media created genre terminology for music and bands and what have you. But Maiden is quintessential metal band. Yeah. They mm-hmm. really are. Yep. And metal was changing. With Diano was more punk influenced kind of rock metal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Priest was moving on to these soaring vocals, these soaring guitars, just bigger production. Mm-hmm. I think that the guys in Maiden saw that and said, we got to do the same thing. Okay. And huh. part of doing that was getting another singer. Yeah. As much as we like Paul Diano and what he did with the debut album and Killers, Killers is also another seminal album mm-hmm. for metal fans, uh, period. But Dickinson is a whole other animal yeah. as a singer. Mm-hmm. A lot more dynamic mm-hmm. than Diano. Diano could hit certain notes in the whole thing, but it was also the attitude, the flair, lyrical content, etc. So now Maiden is, um, at this time, an arena act. Yeah. And it's almost reflected, which we'll get to later, Mm -hmm. in the way the album's presented with the artwork and what have you. The album was mixed, uh, recorded in Jersey, but mixed at Electric Ladyland. Oh, really? Okay. uh, On uh, West 8th Street near 6th Avenue. (laughs) Jimi Hendrix's studio. Yeah. Yeah, which Hendrix didn't get to spend a lot of time in before he passed away. God rest his soul. Uh, Beyond that, I think uh, the album went to 20 Ward. 20 Ward. Went to 21 on the... I've been drinking. (laughs) The album made it to 21 on the Billboard chart. Yeah, uh, and number two in the UK. So the wow, UK okay. always embraced them, which I think yeah, is fantastic is and odd yeah. because a lot mm-hmm. of British fans of metal didn't embrace the British bands. 
Interesting. They would come yeah. to America and get bigger here first, mm -hmm. rather than in their home country, mm -hmm. you know, in England. It's happened across the board forever. I mean, the cult, the same thing. They got bigger here yeah. than they were in England. I can't say the same for priests. I don't think that that's entirely true. Right, yeah. But there were so many other bands around the time that were lumped in with the um, new wave of British heavy metal, okay. Iron Maiden being one. You know, one thing that was odd for me, I grew up on the West Coast, so I was listening to rock radio on the West Coast. Iron Maiden was not a band that was played on the rock stations. Really? Yeah. Were they around here? Yeah, but they weren't on rock stations. Okay, where were they? College radio, mostly. Metal stations. And you didn't okay. really have metal stations yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had hard rock. You'd have a couple of songs I, here or there. Yeah, I'd, I'd hear like Judas Priest and ACDC, but yeah, you didn't really get anything like Maiden. You would hear the there. big hit single. Yeah, I didn't even hear that. There. And it was Actually. always late at night. Okay. If you wanted hmm. to hear metal or watch metal videos, you had to watch Headbangers Ball. Exactly. In the I didn't 80s have cable either. So. I was a really deprived child. <laughs> Especially when it came to Headbangers Ball, yeah. Uh, that was that was a thing. I mean, yeah. you wanted to see that every Saturday yeah, night. Yeah. Uh, you got together with friends and the whole night, and that's where you would see the metal videos. Mm -hmm. But it was always the big singles, too. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. uh, Like I said, on a rock station, you might hear Two Minutes to Midnight because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. sold. Yeah. So it was selling records. Mm -hmm. uh, the single was selling. So then you'd hear it on the radio. But it was always late at night, not during mm -hmm. the day where okay. they were playing like uh, Zeppelin yeah. or some Sabbath or Credence or what have you. Mm -hmm. You know, Foreigner. You hear a lot of Foreigner on the rock radio station. Yeah. And a lot yeah, of Kansas, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot uh -huh. of Boston. Exactly. You yeah. know, a lot of Peter Cetera, for Christ's sake. You know, from Chicago. He was a singer in Chicago. <laughs> where it got sickening. But always late at night, you'd hear the stuff that you wanted to hear. Okay. I like this record a lot. Yeah, me too. It's one of my favorites. It's solid. It's, I'm very nostalgic about this record. Okay. From when it came out when I was a kid and the whole nine and just blasting this thing. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's okay, get, let's into, get it. into it. Yeah, totally. First up, we have Aces High. Okay, right away. Listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is written by Steve Harris, right? The yeah. bassist? Yeah. Yeah, he wrote a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He's, yeah kind of credited as the main songwriter yeah, and he formed the band he put yeah, the band yeah. together yeah exactly yeah after his two previous bands fell apart um which were oh my god i can't uh, he formed the band in 75 okay so oh yeah his two previous bands were gypsy's kiss uh-huh wow great name and smiler <laughs> okay <laughs> So where did Dickinson come from? That's a good question. I think he was trolling around in other bands. I, I, I heard the name Samson or something like oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yes, right? he was. He was in but Samson. Do you know that band? I've never heard Not of really familiar with their work at yeah, all. Okay. I might have come across my radar here and there, going on YouTube, looking for okay. wild stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I might have heard a single or two, but I'm not very okay. familiar. This is where we'd have to call Sam. He yeah. would know. Yeah. He's probably got an album by them, too, I'll bet you, <laughs> in his record collection. Now, this song, this is, of course, about the uh, Battle of Britain right. in World War II with uh, British fighters fighting off German bombers and the Messerschmitts. This song, to me, is an example of a perfect melding of music and content. Oh, yeah. Because you listen yeah, to this. Yeah, I hear it, that. It, just, it, it sounds like you're in a fighter plane just yeah. sort of tumbling around in this chaotic battle in the sky. You're at war Yeah, and with the, this the drums song. are like machine gun-like. Yep. And there's a section where you kind of hear like these overlapping vocals, like you just imagine being in a plane, like hearing on the radio and like all the shit's going on. You're talking about the layered vocals that are yeah, echoed yeah, to yeah. You, you, just, you, you feel like you're in that cockpit in the Battle of Britain, which is pretty amazing. Cockpit. You said cockpit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I'm it's simple. really it's really intense. Yeah, it's a great song. Man. Yeah, great way to start off the album. And yeah, this, you this feel like right you're here, going to war. This is yeah, that's intense. Yep. That is driving intense. guitar. Yeah. Now we got yeah. the soaring, almost like the plane soaring over the yeah, battlefield. Yeah, exactly. The way yeah. the guitar solo is played. Yeah, you're shooting stuff down with that. Yeah, it's great stuff, man. Uh. Great opener. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great it opener. just grabs you. And Ace is high. I mean, yeah, come on. Before you heard the song and you looked at the album, you were like, that's going to be kick ass. Yeah. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. So. Now, they had a special cover for the single, right? Oh, yeah. With Eddie in the cockpit? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah, was yeah, the yeah, trooper yeah. in the cockpit. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. All, right, all right. Okay, should we move on? Yeah. I know it's tough to fade this one out. I know. So, this is two minutes to midnight, still in kind of a war vein here. And this is written by uh, Dickinson and Adrian Smith. Right. 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 Okay. Well, I got it. It's also based on the Doomsday Clock. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The whole the symbolic yeah. trigger mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. destruction of any kind, basically. Now, strangely enough, this song was my first exposure to Iron Maiden, but not the song, just the lyrics. You hadn't heard the song. You heard the lyrics first. How did that happen? <laughs> so, a friend of mine, this is something we'll have to come back at the end when we talk about the album cover but a friend of mine he wrote out the lyrics by hand okay. on binder paper and present them to me in class and I'm reading them I'm like oh this is pretty like intelligent there's something interesting going on here right. did you think he wrote it? no no he, <laughs> okay. he told me what it was oh okay yeah, right. yeah. I'm like okay that, that's the thing that actually got me into Iron Maiden weirdly enough like are these guys okay these guys seem pretty smart right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, that, and also the Doomsday Clock appears in one of our favorite quote-unquote graphic novels, The Watchmen. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which wasn't a graphic novel; it was a twelve-issue series when it came out. <laughs> I got to reiterate <laughs> right, that. Right. So the big hit single. This is one of the songs, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that if you heard it on late night rock radio, mm-hmm. it yeah. would be this song. Yeah, you wouldn't hear Power Slave. Yeah, Aces yeah. High was also a single, but yeah. you might not hear that. Mm-hmm. You'd hear this because everybody. Yeah. was buying the single, if not the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, one thing that stands out in a lot of Iron Maiden, especially this album, is the bass playing. It's, like, really melodic and ornate. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and we think about, um, like, hard rock bands like ACDC. The bass was, like, really just sort of solid. Like, right. the same note. Thumping along, over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just holding the backbeat. Holding the spine together. Exactly, yeah, you know? yeah. This, there's something else going on here, which is... Uh, Interesting to me when you think about early on when Iron Maiden was kind of considered punkish. Yeah. Because that's not a punk sensibility. Right, no. Like, they, they change, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, the bass is prominent. Went, exactly. Well, also, yeah. I mean, Steve Harris, yeah. you know, he started the band. He was writing a lot of these songs. So he yeah. figured out a niche for himself to get his lines in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working. Uh-huh. On all of these albums, and when we saw them live, the same thing. He works. Yeah. He works. Uh-huh. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. His fingers are all over the freaking place, and he yeah. makes it look easy at the same time. It's, yeah, yeah. So the man's a genius in uh-huh. my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, next up. This is Lost for Words in parentheses Big Aura. What Big is Aura. What, what, O-R-R-A. What yeah. does that mean? Do we know what that means? I think it's a Scottish word for okay. strange or out of place. Okay. Aura. All right. Okay. I think so. Huh. Please, if you're out there and you know, let us know. But yeah, I think yeah. it's something like that. Okay. Strange or out of place is aura. Okay. 
So you're a big, strange, out of place, something or other. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's also kind of because this is an instrumental piece on mm-hmm. an Iron Maiden record. Yeah. Oh, so sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't hear too much of that with Maiden records. Yeah. I mean, you have large instrumental sections right. during songs, but yeah. this is a straight up instrumental. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't really say if they did it again or not. I'm trying to remember. And if yeah. they did it before, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, large instrumental pieces in songs. But not yeah. just an instrumental. I feel like there was one before this one, but I can I, I can't remember the name of it. Okay, I have some vague memory. All right, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. This is written by Steve Harris again, right? Yeah, yeah. And you really, of course, the the bass playing is prominent. Right. And nice melodic lines ding, and the ding, guitars. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a solid song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The first time you're listening to this, you're like, okay, where's Bruce? Yeah. Where's is he coming in now? Because you expect it, right? right? You expect them to it, come running right in. The way it's written, it sounds like it's building up to a vocal at some point. That exactly. never quite happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it kind of goes on for a while. Right? Yeah. It's not, it's not a short instrumental. Maybe Bruce was out for a pint or something. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> some fish and chips or whatever. <laughs> he said, I'll see you lads later. Let me know when you're done. Oh, we got a song. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, cool. You're not singing on it. What? <laughs> All right. You're still paying me, right? I'm still in the group. <laughs> but I just read Guida Maupassant and I have lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I have this great we'll, idea. We'll get into this, but they probably drew from more literary references than any other heavy metal band I can think of. It's a possibility. Right? It's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, should we move on? And this is Flash of the Blade, written by Dickinson, and he was a... Uh, it was an actual uh, competing uh, fencer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think he won awards and shit and yeah. competitions and all this. Now, okay, this guy. So he did that. He's a lead singer of Iron Maiden, and he has a commercial pilot's license. Yeah. He like, flies jets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, jumbo yeah, jets. Yeah, yeah and, not like Cessnas. Yeah. Right. He can fly a jet like a 747 or something with actual passengers <laughs> on board. He, he's certified to do that. He's not a pussy like John Travolta. He yeah. flies big, giant fucking planes. Yeah, like what other heavy metal guy is certified to fly a jet they with have human their beings own. on it? Yeah, exactly. They have their yeah, own. Yeah. You know, where he's like, don't worry about it. We'll get to the next gig. Where do I park this thing? Yeah, I, <laughs> I respect the hell out of the guy. He, oh, yeah. He just, he takes on a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you ever read his autobiography? I haven't yet. I'm curious about it. But yeah. uh, our buddy Sam did. Yeah. He said it's a great read. It sounds like it's He says it's, it's really a great read. He said yeah. it, it seems very personal, too. Apparently, he decided to write it when he overcame cancer. Yeah. Yeah. The thr- is, with the fr- yeah. yeah. Which yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't yeah. smoke or anything. He's not a big drinker. Yeah. But it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he beat it, and you know, bless him. You and know he, what I mean? He, I don't know the quality of writing, because I haven't read it, but apparently he basically wrote that himself. He didn't rely on a ghostwriter or a right. co-writer or anything. Sam said the same thing. He said that it reads like you're talking to a friend. Which is so cool. So not necessarily yeah, yeah. going for, you know, big grammar it's or anything. It's not that slickness to it. Right. Yeah. You know, really where, personal. Like you said, a ghostwriter or a co-writer would go, okay, let's change this to sound yeah. more professional. Hey, just wrote it like a letter to whoever wants to listen. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. It just seems like he's one of these kind of restless spirits who's just always trying to take on something new and master it. Right. Like, I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so this song, actually, Flash of the Blade. Um, yeah. I, I noted that the melodic sensibility of the solo almost seems like it's going for some kind of old English folk, right Right here. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, right. 
like kind of you know middle ages right. fairy type sort of right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like i hear that suiting the, the theme almost. of the sword fighting right yeah yeah minstrelish or yeah, what yeah. have you it's, yeah yeah it's nicely done oh this was also used in a dario argento movie oh which one phenomena phenomena i don't with, think i've seen that one yeah phenomena Phenomena. Which is basically phenomena. Phenomena, yeah. Uh, in Italian. Yeah, I don't, so phenomena. No, I've never uh, seen that one. Jennifer Connelly, when she was young, one of her first oh, really? roles, she's in it. Okay. I think she did Labyrinth right after, right after that movie. Right. Might have been right before or right after. Yeah, okay. So she was young. Oh, very young. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't know that until I saw that online. I was like, I own that movie. Oh, I don't remember Flash of the Blade in that. They probably just use a snidbit because I haven't watched it forever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so apparently... It was huh. used in a soundtrack. Because I don't know how many movies actually feature Maiden songs on a soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some Italian of... cinema. Yeah. Other horror movies. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of any off the bat. I know. I mean, because there's also Demons has a heavy metal soundtrack. Okay. But I don't think Maiden was on that. Uh, I know The Cult was on it. I think Judas Priest is on it. Mm. Maybe Maiden's on it for a snippet. I mean, and then there's also Billy Idol on it. <laughs> so <laughs> Italian horror liked metal yeah you know it wasn't until later on uh, with horror movies in the United States where they started pairing up metal mm-hmm. with horror movies yeah one of the greatest being what it was more punk was uh, Return of the Living Dead yeah with, yeah, the punk, yeah. with you know 45 yeah. Grave and etc yeah so but yeah no this is yeah. a great great track yeah, and yeah that guitar line like you said yeah you know it's nice it's dizzying it's All like right. you've been stabbed and you're running out of blood <laughs> <laughs> so this is The Duelists Again, written by Harris, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if this is actually true, but I think this is based on the Joseph Conrad novella, The Duelist. Yes, yes. Right? Which is made into that Ridley Scott movie. Right. 1978, yeah. Ridley Scott, Okay, yes. so that, that is verified, right? That is verified. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it comes right after Flash of the Blade. Yeah, so there's a connection Very there. thematic, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But There's, a lot of this album, they do it in general. Mm-hmm. It's like themes of war and fighting and, yeah. you know, battle hymns. Mm-hmm. The Trooper, yeah. Alexander the Great. I would know. never think about, you know, fencing, but this song makes me think about it. Like, yeah. all right, I'll try it, mm-hmm. you know. Then yeah, I'll get yeah. stabbed in the eye and say, oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> right through the screen helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I give up. <laughs> that would be my luck. And the solo section kind of sounds like like these dueling solos. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like Fitting. that's intentional. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And once again, those soaring Dickinson vocals. Yep, yeah. Almost with a pop sensibility, some of the stuff. Yeah. You know, which we'll get into a little bit later, mm-hmm. but yeah. I always felt that about Maiden and Priest. They have mm-hmm. sort of a pop sensibility to the way they write metal songs. I don't think it's intentional. Right. I think they kind of stumbled on it. Okay. You know, especially with Peace of Mind. Mm-hmm. And they kind of kept okay. it going, because it works. Which song specifically, Peace of Mind? Oh, the, the whole record. Okay. <laughs> the whole album to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has, uh, like, I mean, listen to that chorus. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio-friendly metal. Yeah. It which kind is, of is, but not a bad way. Yeah. Not a bad way. Not which like is, Warren's. Which is interesting considering they didn't have that much radio exposure, right? Exactly, it's yeah. It's weird. Right. Not, yeah. And you would think that radio stations would embrace them back then. You would think so. Yeah. But no, it didn't happen until much, much later. Yeah, yeah. Where you had legions of fans. Yeah. Well, they finally stood up. I mean, the same thing happened with other bands that didn't have radio exposure, like mm. in the metal community, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like Metallica is case in point, too. Yeah. Of modern, quote-unquote, bands that had no exposure on yeah. radio or MTV mm-hmm. whatsoever. 
Yeah. Kids were handing back and forth tapes. Yeah. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it were Maiden, too. I discovered Maiden through friends of mine that were into Maiden. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the thing that, you know, you went out seeking them because you didn't hear anything about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you saw a concert poster. Exactly. Then you would know that they were around. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it was all people telling me about certain bands, and Maiden was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, I'm sincerely glad that, you know, friends of mine when I was younger said, oh, you like this, you like that. Yeah. Check out Maiden. you got to check out Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. A lifelong fan ever since. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. This is Back in the Village. Now, this is... Also based on The Prisoner, the TV yep. show, right? Yep. Just like, because they had a previous song called The Prisoner. On the Number of the Beast. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. So somebody really likes that show. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's Harris or Dickinson or maybe the whole band. I yeah. don't know, but apparently they were influenced by The Prisoner. And, and back then, people, at least in the U.S., didn't know that show that much. No. It was definitely, I, it was a cult thing. Yeah. My dad used to watch it. He did? On okay. uh, Channel 13. On PBS. Yeah, like that's how I discovered it. They'd yeah. show it like on like Sunday nights, like probably after Doctor Who. Right, exa- course, yeah, exactly. And, show this- and Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Hill would be the last one later on. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I remember watching The Prisoner with my dad and going, wow, this show is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> then the other show that came on that was popular was, uh, and this was in the 80s, mid 80s, uh, yeah. remember The Tripods? The Tripods? Yeah. What was that? It was kind of like a War of the Worlds thing with these three kids. It was uh-huh. a British show. Okay. And they were basically stuck in this alien, invaded, future apocalypse. Oh, that was based on a, a novel. Could be. A sci-fi but novel. But I don't read, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really familiar. So if you want to donate to the Walt Learning How to Read Fund, <laughs> Bitcoin, PayPal, <laughs> we take it all. Cash, <laughs> pennies, candy. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, anything more on this one? No, it's just it's a great song. Yeah. I'm not sure about uh, what he's trying to say lyrically. Do you you got anything I'm on that? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Because we know it's based on the prisoner, but yeah. But the lyrics but, are a little bit yeah. Yeah. yeah a little yeah. convoluted. Yeah. A little mishmashy. Yeah. Maybe. Was, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Not dissing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, classic, classic Maiden right there. <laughs> it's classic Maiden. Yeah. And classic Dickinson, man. Uh-huh. Awesome stuff. Yeah. He was blowing his mullet out on that one. <laughs> and the title song, Power Slave. Oh, man. The galloping guitar yeah, right out exactly. the box. Yeah, That is such, such classic <laughs> Maiden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And... This one, Dickinson really thought this one through. Oh, yeah. Like, he has a whole thing about... There's a lot of lyrics to this song. Yeah, yeah. A lot. A lot of lyrics. A lot of big words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and talking about Egyptian hieroglyphs and gods, Egyptian gods and yeah, mythology. Yeah, and the, so the pharaoh, is he's going to die. Yeah. And he feels like he's the ruler. Yeah. He is sort of a slave to his own power like yeah. there's something philosophical that he, he right. really thought about this i am a god i should live on yes the yes lyric. yes that he's still a slave to death yeah even though exactly he's, he's, yeah yeah he should be a god like there it is yeah tell me why do i have to be a power slave yeah this symbol such yeah. a great line i know it's awesome <laughs> and um it, bits of the guitar it sounds like they're trying to do sort of eastern melodies 
Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. Like they're working with some Eastern scales. Because I, think. I remember saying that to other friends of mine. They're like, "Ah, oh, you're crazy. It's just Maiden." I'm like, "No, it's got this Eastern kind of sound. I mean, it's not necessarily Egyptian or what have you, but it's got this ethnic yeah. sound to it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. sticks out on the record because of it. Yeah, and I think that's awesome because it's also the title track. And they they were extremely thoughtful songwriters. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think they get enough credit for really paying attention to how they're expressing a song's content musically. Like right. We talked about Aces High, and I think this one you hear as well. Right. They do that a lot. It's really they they're a far smarter band than I think people give them credit for. I agree. And the lyrics too. I agree. Know, I agree. All over the place. Yeah. I always kind of looked at it like when they're crafting a song, it's like they were building a house. Yeah. And they thought about every single element that goes into building that house. Exactly. The electricity, the plumbing. Yeah. You know, the septic tank, all yeah. of it. You uh-huh. know, they thought about all of it. The roof. You yeah. Know, the structure, the foundations. Yeah. They thought about all of it. Yeah. You know, which way the door should open and close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really, really were great. Are I should say are. Are yeah yeah great so are. great songwriters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, fans might have fallen off here and there after certain records yeah just because you didn't dig the sound or they were changing as songwriters mm-hmm. maybe maturing I hate using that word you know because I don't want to mature I don't want to grow up <laughs> but they were doing different things a little later on yeah all the changes mm-hmm. all the complex changes yeah in their songs like you wouldn't think if the average man tried to do something like this you'd be like okay wait a minute that's not in your wheelhouse guys yeah it's like they were just sort of nodding respectfully towards Prague. Oh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not becoming Prague, but they definitely, they were approaching that a little bit. Oh, yeah, I see In that, that direction. Of course, yeah, I hear that. Which, again, is interesting considering that they started out being considered kind of a punkish band. Right. Which is, you know, the opposite of Prague. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, they went from, like, punk to full-on rock metal. Yeah. Punk, rock, metal, Prague-ish. And I think it just came naturally to them. I think they did, It yeah. was just the way they wanted to craft these songs. Yeah. Not trying to infiltrate another genre, yeah, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Infiltrate <laughs> another genre. <laughs> I don't know. There's not a joke in there. <laughs> okay, final song: "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner." It's kind of a slower version of the gallop, right? Yeah. Trying to imitate that ship kind of moving forward through the waves. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The waves kind of slowly crashing on the sides. Yeah, you know. With the big mermaid in the front yeah. of the boat. <laughs> what is that, the stern or the bow? That's the bow, right? That's the bow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've never yeah. really been on a ship before, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was their longest song until the last album came out, right? Till Book of Souls, right? Yeah, and it was that uh, Empire of the Clouds? Was that the one? You yeah, got it. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, you yeah. got it. This one goes on for a good 13 minutes 13 more. and a half minutes. Yeah, almost yeah. 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it's like 13 and... Mm-hmm. 13 minutes and 42 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long-ass song. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, I love it. I mean, you know, it's also based on the um, the poem. Yes. Uh, where I think some of the lines from the poem are actually in the song, if I remember correctly. At one point, he does recite. That's right, yeah. and that's in the yeah. middle, in that long break yeah. before yeah, yeah. the end. Yeah. The structure is weird, but it still works on this song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a classic bridge or break. It comes towards the end, and then you have this big instrumental piece like we talked about earlier mm-hmm. during the song, and they're just going for it. Mm-hmm. It's an opus. Yeah. It's another it epic it's piece an epic. that they yeah. wrote. Yeah. And uh, a great closer to the album, too. Mm-hmm. Great closer. What, what else you got on this song? You know, I like this song, but I don't 
necessarily like the lyrics so much because it it feels like he's just telling me the story of that poem okay rather than responding to the poem okay which is it's it's maybe a subtle distinction but like on so in the songs that that they did based on the the prisoner it's not like they're telling us the story of what's going on in the show it's right. like responding to it in a certain way. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas in this one, it just, it, it doesn't feel like a personal lyrical response. It's just like, this is the story of what happens in the poem. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, so it doesn't impress me lyrically. Okay. That's the thing. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. You know, I never really pay too much attention to the lyrics, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it's more the song. For me, the on music this. is solid. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. solid. Yeah, oh, but of course you gotta love that. You know, water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink from from the, the poem. poem. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know what? At the same time, when I was a kid and I never heard about this before, yeah. mm-hmm. makes you pick up a book. Sure, makes okay. you pick it yeah, up yeah, and say, yeah. "Oh, well, oh, it's based on this." Yeah, where you're thinking, "Oh, he's a genius. How does he come up with this?" Oh, you took it from here. Okay, let me read that. Yeah, you know? no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, educating dumb metal kids like me <laughs> back in yeah. the day, encouraging you to read, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, broaden your horizons a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, most metal bands, it was just, like, sex and drugs and rock and roll. Yeah. And these guys were not content with just singing about that. Right. They, they just sang about everything. It's like, here's an interesting thing that I'm into that I'm going to sing about. It's funny you it's should cool. say that. Is there a single Just Balls Out sex song from Iron Maiden? It's a, you'd be hard pressed to think of one, right? Right? Yeah, I can't yeah. think of one yeah. just off the cuff. I, yeah. No, I. I uh, yeah, there's no single like party anthem. Yeah, right. Or anything like that. Well, I mean, yeah. they are anthemic in a certain way, and they wrote these songs so you can get the crowd going with it. On sure. And on, and sure. You know all those chants. Yeah, but you're not singing, you know, you know, like party, get fucked, get laid, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're right. singing from you know a Coleridge poem, exactly from right. the 19th century, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> or about how we're going to war. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. or the flight of Icarus, you know, on the previous album. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Don't want to be a power slave instead of, you know, like you said, if it's a White Snake concert or Warrant <laughs> or whatever, you're talking about, you know, let's get laid, let's get drunk, let's do this, let's do that. Yeah. So, yeah, they were far more intelligent. Exactly. About their content and their playing and really wanted the audience to think, really wanted yeah. their listeners to think. I mean, I'm not saying a lot of bands aren't, mm-hmm. but they're very appreciative of their fans and they consider their fans intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even when absolutely. they're not, like me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They'll still have a conversation with you in the whole nine and, and try to relay that through the music. Yeah. You know, Try and open your mind a little, mm-hmm. which yeah, I think yeah. is great. Yeah. And not just with I, the playing, like you said, once again, echoing the lyrical content and what have you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also with the themes, mm-hmm. with their album covers, mm-hmm. and the running thread through a lot of their albums. Mm-hmm. Won't say that they are concept records at all, right. but there are running threads. Was there ever a concept album? Well, I believe the last one kind of is supposed it, 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 to be. Book of Souls is supposed to be. Kind of. But it's right? not, I don't really yeah, see not, it, though. Not really. It's just a double album. Yeah. It's just, for me, it's just a like double a, album. Yeah. I don't know if I, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Somewhere in Time supposed to be a concept? Supposed but it didn't quite work out that right. way, right? Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Even Power yeah. Slave, people might say it's kind of a concept uh, record, but I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. Same thing with Somewhere in Time. Yeah. Like I said, there's an underlying thread mm-hmm. with all of the songs. Yeah. People get confused when they see the album artwork yeah. and think that's what it's going to be. Right. It's going to be about all Egyptian stuff. 
here. Right. You know, yeah. Egyptian mythology. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Yeah. They see somewhere in time, they think it's all going to be dystopian future stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, a plug to our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that they confuse the packaging with a concept musically. Yeah. Where it's just mostly a concept for the album artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. But yeah, this is a great song, but we're not going to hang in there for the whole 14 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do minutes. like this section because it does sort of uh, impart this idea of the sterility when the ship is just at rest and it's not right. going anywhere. And you just really feel that. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing I got to say here now that I thought about recently listening to the album again, I've listened to it hundreds of times at this point, but Pink Floyd did come across a little bit for me because I had been recently listening to Pink Floyd as well. Okay. Just the sounds, like the kind of whale sounds that are going on in the background. Huh. You know, the kind of whistly kind of... Okay, kind of like animals? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got I that can, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Not saying they took the idea or anything, but it just kind of has that same ethereal feel almost. That's an interesting comparison because, of course, Pink Floyd also... Also was working their way towards Prague. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. considered a gateway drug for Prague music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also one foot in pop sensibility. Exactly. Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'd have this big, long opus, and then they'd have Money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is just a straight-up rock song. I, my feeling... I mean, I used to be a huge Floyd fan. I mean, maybe we'll get to this on the Pink Floyd podcast when we get there. We will get there. My feeling is I've kind of grown older, like... You know, like growing up with both Iron Maiden and Pink Floyd, I feel like Iron Maiden ultimately they did more interesting and introspective music. Okay. Musically. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't, yeah. I think that's personal taste, then. It, it, you know, your personal be, opinion. Yeah, there could be a lot of. Yeah. I can't compare yeah. the two. I think yeah. they're two dynamos unto themselves. Well, yeah, I'm comparing only in the sense that they're both trying to do complex arrangements, long form songs. Uh huh. Right. With, you know, varying textures of music. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, Iron Maiden didn't do the kind of concept stuff that Pink Floyd did. There's yeah. a whole other thing going on there. They yeah. were kind of the yeah. granddaddies of real concept. Exactly. Progressive rock. Yeah. I mean, you can't really categorize Pink Floyd. You can't. And like you said, we'll get to Pink Floyd when we yeah. get to it. But Maiden was doing similar things, but in their own vein, their own right. way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, you can't compare. Mm -hmm. At all, like I said, I just get reminded sometimes, mm -hmm. and that's that one piece during Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner okay. just kind of reminded me a little bit of what Pink Floyd does. Mm -hmm. Okay, not saying they were influenced by them, not saying they took anything from them yeah. at all. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how sometimes certain types of music that you can't put together mm -hmm. will remind you of. Mm -hmm. You know, there's also a point on this record that really reminds me of Laura Branigan. I can't explain why, but it just does. Hmm. That's a total joke, by the way. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say. I never reminds heard me of Hole and Oats. You know, I mean, I can't, I can't describe why, but it just does. It just reminds me of, you know, Private Eyes. I don't know. It's just me. But no, Maiden was an animal unto themselves, and uh, they have influenced so many bands. Yeah, it could be the other way around. Who mm -hmm. knows? Who knows? Yeah. So. Okay. All right. I think we are done with the song. So. Time for... Gun! 
Well, what is your top song in this album? I actually prepared for once. Oh, wow. I know. I'm I actually shocked. I reminded myself to prepare. <laughs> okay. All right, so gun to the head to lose a track first, right? Sure, okay. I'm going to go Lost for Words, Big Aura. Okay. Just because it does seem a little out of place to me. Yeah. I'm not saying I would forever lose the track, because of course that's impossible. Right. And I can't see listening to the album without it. Yeah. But if I had to it's lose one... to the head, yeah. yeah. Okay. Instead of eating a bullet, then yeah, yeah I'll go Lost for Words, Big Aura. Okay. You? Mine is Back in the Village. I can I, see why. I think, I can see I think why. partly because they already did a Prisoner song, and I think that Prisoner song was better than this one. Right. The if Prisoner. I, if I compare yeah. them. And like we were saying, we're not quite even sure how what this one is about or how it connects with The Prisoner. So. The lyrics are a little mishmash, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. convoluted. So that, that would be mine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, well, and then you also get the ending. Back in the village, back in the village. Yeah. It's got. It's a little <laughs> it's, silly. It's a little silly. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get us wrong. We still love it. And you know, when we saw them live, we were right there with it. You know, we were did chanting along. Yeah, I think they did. They played a lot of their stuff. They played back in the village. I believe so. Huh. Okay. Okay. Because I remember us going. Yeah, they played a lot. That concert was what, like two hours plus? Yeah, it was a good concert. It was a your top song. Top song. It's that tough. I am... It's tough. That's um, legitimately tough. Yeah. yeah. Two Minutes to Midnight has such a nostalgic feel for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, brings back so many great memories when it came out. And it is a solid fucking single. Mm-hmm. It is a yeah. solid song. And you can see why even people that aren't Maiden fans will gravitate towards Two Minutes to Midnight, like some of their other singles. Yeah. I've had fans that go, oh, so you're into Maiden? They don't know the band. They don't know the albums. But they go, oh, Two Minutes to Midnight, man, that rocks. Yeah. For whatever reason, that single sticks with some people. Hmm. So I kind of want to say that, but I think I'm going to go Power Slave. (laughs) Hilarious. I'm going to go Power Slave. Just because it's such an opus, it's got all these different textures to it, like we talked about. The lyrics are very interesting. Yeah. Dickinson and Harris really thought it out. The rest of the guys in the band really thought it out. Uh, Nico is great on it. Nico McBrain, uh, Adrian, they're all fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really dig that song. It's a really, really, really strong album title track. Yeah. So I'm going to say Power Slave. That's, I'm, I'm laughing because my thing was, well, I wanted to say Ace is High, <laughs> but I'm saying Power Slave. Word. For the, nice. the same reasons you just <laughs> mentioned. It's got everything. I mean, it's classic, classic Maiden with that galloping riff. Yeah. Great guitars. It just grabs you immediately. And the lyrical content is really interesting. Like, you've got to actually think about these lyrics. Yeah. You don't get them when you just read them the first time. You've got to actually, like, think about them, contemplate them. Right. They're really interesting. Yeah. And it ties into the album cover and the whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole cohesive statement. All the gods of Egypt and the mythology. and And when they played that song at the concert we saw... It just blew things away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was incredible. That guitar yeah. line, his yeah, vocals, yeah. Yeah. Harris's bass—you know, once again, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic stuff. Yeah, you know, it's really good. And um, I've always loved that song. Where friends of mine, when I was younger, they would always point out, like you said, "Aces High" or Two Minutes to Midnight." Yeah, "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner." Mm-hmm. They would always go for those first. Mm-hmm. I was always like, "Put on Power Slate, man." Yeah, because a lot of people back then would skip over tracks too. Yeah, you know, oh, it's too long. Or I'm like, "You're gonna listen to Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner over Power Slate?" Talking about it's too long. Yeah, I know. Come right. on, play Come on. Power Slave, please. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so yeah. So oh wow. So we're in agreement once yeah. again. This doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen that often. 
So, you know, that was an unfortunate thing that happened when CDs were invented. Where you could skip. Yeah, because yeah. on a record, you'd have to like lift the thing and like find the next track. It was tough to do, so yeah. you wouldn't bother. You'd be right. like, oh, whatever, I'll just listen to the song even if I don't like it. But with a CD, you could just like with one button skip yep. it. You yeah. skip it, yeah. And now, of course, you don't even have to hear it because it's all like MP3s and shit. Right. Yeah. Well, friends of mine used to make their own cassettes when we were driving around in their cars and stuff. Yeah. And they would put songs, say, off Power Slave on the cassette, and they would skip yeah. certain ones where I'm like, ah. Yeah. Why don't you just dump yeah, if you don't you do want to that? take the cassette out in the car with you and possibly lose it or get eaten by your tape deck in your car? Yeah. Why not just dub the whole record mm-hmm. on a blank cassette and yeah, just yeah. play the whole record on a blank? Anyway, that was too much thinking for them. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> and I'm not dissing my old friends. Kind of am, kinda but am. I'm kind of not. But I kind of am. <laughs> they shall go nameless. <laughs> Speaking and if, of which, I don't remember half of their names anyway. And if you think you're, you're the guy in that story, you probably are. Mm-hmm. So comment and let me know where you're at. <laughs> Just don't really contact me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, album cover. Album cover. Okay. One of my all-time favorite album covers. It's a great album cover. Yeah. It really is nicely done. It really is. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole Egyptian motif. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, like I said a little bit earlier... Their previous album covers debut, Eddie looking like he <laughs> bit into an electrical wire with the hair all standing up, like he's being electrocuted with the big giant eyes. Mm-hmm. Killers, you know, he's, somebody's grabbing onto his shirt. He's got the hatchet yeah. by a streetlight. Uh, Number of the Beast, where you have Eddie controlling the devil, controlling man. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a bigger album cover. Mm-hmm. And then you had Peace of Mind where you got Eddie in the rubber room with the lobotomy, with the whole thing. But this is more grandiose. Yes, this is saying, is. like, it is. Yeah. Eddie has existed for all this time and creating another mythology with their mascot. Hmm. Per the music, it also seems like it's representing the change in the music. Okay. And now that they're a stadium act and the whole thing, it's a big... Mm-hmm big change it's an intricate album cover far more intricate than the previous yeah so i think that really says a lot about where the band was Mm -hmm. at the time yeah okay i can go with that and then after this you had somewhere in time which had the fold out which was a whole other thing too lots of artwork going on with the same artist which is i think great stuff and like i said this is one of my all-time favorite album covers ever this is probably my favorite of the iron maiden covers yeah 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 i'd say so some of the earlier ones okay this is a a a personal digression reflection here <laughs> digression reflection <laughs> so like you i wasn't hearing maiden on the, on the radio i had friends who were trying to get me into it so i had this one friend he was the only guy i knew who had money who could buy a lot of albums okay so he had like a library of heavy metal i think growing up we had similar friends yeah like that yeah you know, we've we always got have, that yeah, one guy right that's got everything that comes out and yeah, yeah so i'd go to his catalog. place and you know we'd listen to music and stuff and he would all say well if you enjoyed this let me Take this out. So he'd take out Number of the Beast, that album, and I would take one look at the cover, and I'd be like, that looks kind of dumb. I don't know if I want to hear that. Yeah, because it just it looked kind of lurid and kind of cartoony. Right. And he's like, okay, fine. And the way he finally convinced me to listen to Iron Maiden was, as I said earlier, when he wrote out the lyrics. Okay. So then I'm like, oh, they sound like a much smarter band than those album covers represent to me. Okay. And then I finally gave it a chance. So in this case, those album covers were actually a barrier to my appreciation of the band. Oh, all right, all right. This one, not so much. I don't think Power Slave had come out at that point. I think they're only on Peace of Mind. I just don't feel that... Well, this one accepted that their album covers really represented what they were really doing in the music and lyrically. Okay. That was always a thing for me. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was 
part of the package. Okay. And I appreciate any band that creates this image mm-hmm. and stick with it. Okay. Now, I also appreciate bands that have different imagery for their album covers, T-shirts, or tour posters, or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I do like a band that has, say, the mascot, like Eddie. Sure. And yeah. they stick with this theme. I enjoy that packaging. Now they call it branding. Exactly. The branding idea. Yeah, yeah. That you know it's made. And even if they don't put their logo on top, mm-hmm. you just have Eddie on the cover, you know it's made. Yeah. The iconic Eddie was created by Derek Riggs, the artist, and he stayed with them for a long time. He drew a lot of their imagery, T-shirts, etc., single art. Maiden didn't seek him out. Riggs' portfolio came across management's desk, Iron Maiden's management, okay. and he had created Eddie for possibly a punk act. Huh, okay. Nobody in particular, but yeah. he created this character to go on maybe a punk act's album cover. Interesting. And um, the original title of the painting was Electric Matthew Says Hello, was the first <laughs> Eddie. Okay. So he wasn't Eddie at first, he was Matthew. Okay. Electric Matthew. <laughs> so... The management liked it, and they said, well, you know, throw some hair on him, because the original Eddie was bald. Uh-huh. Funny, later on, he became <laughs> yeah. bald. And uh, they stuck with the guy, and he redrew the stuff, and the band liked it. Hmm. And they kept using him, you know, with a lot of their iconic album covers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It became and, a big thing for them. And the t-shirts. So you, like I said, you talk about branding. If you have imagery like this that's on the album cover, and you can translate it to a t-shirt, mm-hmm. you know, and they have all these other things you can do with the mascot and your logo. Yeah. Now you got mugs, you got yeah, t-shirts, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you got yeah. pints, you got pint glasses, right? Yep. You got everything, you know, you got uh, underwear, yeah. you got all of it. <laughs> do you have the underwear? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have Iron, Iron Maiden underwear. <laughs> I'm wearing it now to match my Iron Maiden t-shirt. Because <laughs> yes, I am sitting in here in my underwear next to Max. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Not true. I would not you let that You just happen. don't want to tell them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here farting into my Eddie underwear. <laughs> yeah, I would still not be here. If that <laughs> yeah, that's why we don't do videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of many reasons. Uh, okay, cool. This is a good wrap-up. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah. we love this album. We do. We're, we're big, big Iron Maiden fans. Absolutely. This is a top, top album. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, one last thing about yeah. the artwork that you were talking about. Here we got the uh, the single covers for Two Minutes to Midnight, where you're sitting on the tank, and then in the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. In okay. the fighter plane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. See, like I said, consistency. It is very, very consistent. I mean, I'm wearing the t-shirt with the same image with the mummy, Eddie. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was supposed to be in the album or something like that. I've only seen it on t-shirts so i okay. think maybe that's just a t-shirt design yeah, but it does seem like a power slave yeah thing right yeah so, okay yeah it is cool like i said it's the same image i'm wearing on my shirt right now yeah with the chains and the whole nine uh-huh. very strong imagery huh. very cool, cool. that's awesome. it okay so who are we doing next while well, we in jays next we are in the jays right yeah yeah a b c d e f g h i j yeah you can <laughs> sing the song if you need to a b c d <laughs> The metal AFG. <laughs> All right, so what do we got for Jay? Is it Priest or you got anybody else for that? You know what? Let's go straight to Priest. Okay. Cool. Judas Priest. Judas Priest. I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> okay, so which album do you want to do? Let's review Stained Class. Awesome. Let's do awesome. that. Awesome. That's an earlier album. Yep. That's a really strong one. It's almost kind of like a transition album. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. Stained I'm, Class. I'm, I'm into that. 
Excellent. Okay, awesome. So, people, you can find us all over the place, actually. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're on, we've got a Facebook page now. You can find us on Google Play and iTunes and WordPress. So you have no excuse. You could also find us at the local bar. That's true. We won't tell you which <laughs> bar, but just, just ask around. Just ask around. Yeah, you'll yeah, find I'm us. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever you are in the world, you'll find us. Yeah, you'll get there. We're them two useless guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be easy. <laughs> in a bar. <laughs> All right. All right, okay. everybody. I'm Walt. I am Max. Thanks for listening. Keep on rocking. Rock and roll. Rock and roll! <laughs>